Touchdown, Miami. What a throw, Devontae Parker. Holy smokes, what a drive. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, that intro might be a bit of a lie because today we are going to go around the NFL in 32 minutes, well, 31 minutes, and preview all 31 of these NFL teams ahead of the 2021 season. Every team gets one minute on the clock, and then we're going to break it all down before we get to the record predictions and the divisional predictions and our playoff and Super Bowl picks here for the 2021 season. My personal picks, it's all me on this podcast on this special edition of the Drive Time Podcast from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Let's go ahead and just jump right into it here. A different Dolphins podcast than you're used to here on Drive Time. One minute on the clock. We're going to do this in one take all the way through. So 31 minutes when I say go, we are going to start in the NFC West and work our way all the way to the AFC East. And I'll probably just not do the Dolphins minute because, well, we talk about the Dolphins for 30 minutes a day, every single day. And with that, why don't we jump right in to the NFC West and get this thing started with the Los Angeles Rams. One minute on the clock. Matt Stafford, the big story there for this Rams team this offseason, the acquisition after a big extension for Jared Goff. They go out and get a guy that Sean McVay clearly thinks can operate that system and his very successful offensive system with a high level of efficiency and effectiveness going down the field. And they added some speed to that offense as well this offseason with Deshaun Jackson with 2-2 Atwell to go along with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And they do lose Cam Akers, which is going to be a tough, tough pill to swallow, a tough player to replace. But I do like the addition of Sony Michelle to kind of help out there with Daryl Henderson and get that thing cranking, especially when you have a top-level defense like they had last year, spearheaded by the best defensive tackle and probably one of the best players in the National Football League in Aaron Donald, plus Jalen Ramsey, and so many more guys that make that defense tough to run on, tough to pass on. They get takeaways. I like this Rams team a heck of a lot this season. And there goes one minute off the clock. Up next, the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance is the big story there this offseason. Which quarterback will get the job? I mean, we're going to probably hear about an announcement here coming up in the coming days if you haven't already. But I think Trey Lance is upside, even though maybe he's not quite ready with the experience because he only played a a couple of, you know, a handful of games in college and had a preseason this year, but just the limited rep count, you might go early with the more experienced veteran, a guy in Garoppolo who has gone to a Super Bowl and had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. The other big question for the Niners is their health. Always a big question mark around this team because they are so loaded all across the roster, but they haven't stayed healthy in recent years. So can Nick Bosa stay healthy on that defensive line and continue to get pass rush for that Niners front? And also they have a dominant offensive line with a good running game, good running backs. The scheme is always good, but that pass rush, Fred Warner and that secondary to go along with that defensive front. I think the Niners are one of the most loaded teams in the NFL. There goes one minute off the clock. The Seahawks up next. The let Russ cook train last 
season worked pretty well for the first half of the year and then the offense kind of sputtered late in the season and I think that one of the reasons for that might have been the depth at the receiver position but they did go out this year and add some guys to go along with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett who for my money are two of the very best receivers in the National Football League both can get vertical both can do the entire route tree and catch tough passes over the middle as well the Dwayne Brown situation Russell Wilson says they need to do whatever they can to keep him there and keep him happy he has been one of the stalwarts on that offensive line as the Seahawks have tried to build an offensive line around Russell Wilson and been more effective at doing it in later years and then on the defensive side where's the pass rush going to come from last year that was kind of a question mark for them and then also they lose Shaquille Griffin in that secondary that could be a big loss back there how do they replace his reps and his production and of course Jamal Adams gets the big extension that's a big story there for the Seahawks this minutes are going by fast Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, year three. I think Kyler could be poised for a big, big, big season. It's a big season for Cliff Kingsbury in this third season. They're going to need some results this year, especially in a really, really tough NFC West. I think all four of these teams are playoff contenders, but I love how much speed to go along with Kyler, obviously. They add on defense with uh, Isaiah Simmons a year ago getting more and more reps as the year went along but also Zayvon Collins in that first round those two guys can really help kind of transform the second level of that defense and we know on the back end on the front end the th- first and third level that Buda Baker runs the show back there in that defensive secondary one of the NFL's best safeties with Chandler Jones one of the best pass rushers off the edge but I think it goes back to the offense with Murray and with what he can do in that kind of remade offensive line, and of course getting the ball to Nuke Hopkins. He's one of the best receivers this league has ever seen. One minute on the clock for the Buccaneers here. Everybody is back, but we know how difficult it is to repeat as champions. You have that target on your back, and I think they probably did last year to some degree because, well, Tom Brady's in town, and when Tom Brady's in town, everyone knows they have to bring their A game to beat you, but the relationship he has with not just his teammates and Bruce Arians, but with the front office and the decisions they make to kind of get Tom what he needs, because again, seven times Super Bowl champion, why wouldn't you get the guy what he needs? And he wanted everyone back. They got that with Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette. That offensive line just really came together and became one of the best groups in the NFL last season, spearheaded there by Tristan Wirfs, but also the center, Ryan Jensen, is one of the meanest, nastiest, most technically sound dudes in the National Football League. And on defense, we saw Antoine Winfield really kind of be that Jenga piece, the final piece there for that defensive secondary in late last season down their stretch run for the Super Bowl, as well as some young cornerbacks like Sean, Bur- Sean Murphy bunting, making big plays. That team is loaded. The New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston wins the quarterback job over Taysom Hill, but I like that move because not only do I think that, Tays- that Jameis is a better option, but you also have now the option to sprinkle Taysom Hill into that offense and give, that, give the defense more looks and more to think about But the skill players on this offensive group without Michael Thomas, that might be the question mark for this team this year. But I think that Sean Payton can always find a way to get production. We saw the kid the other night in the preseason game have a big, big game, and they have just find guys to get get open, and the quarterback finds them, and that's part of Sean Payton's system. They have a fantastic offensive line there led by Ryan Ramchek and then Alvin Kamara. Excuse me, no stopping the clock. You know what Alvin Kamara can do in the running game. He is so impressive, both in the passing game and the running game, one of the most electrifying running backs in the NFL. They have an impressive defense too, especially in that front seven. But one question you might look at is the secondary depth. 
I think Ken Crawley was the number two cornerback last time I checked. And he's a good player, but the, the Saints were sniffing around some cornerbacks this offseason. The Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, with all these weapons that he has, with Calvin Ridley, who looks the absolute part of an alpha number one receiver, with Kyle Pitts, who looks like to me, Florida Kyle Pitts with what he's done so far in the preseason with the Falcons. And can that offensive line solidify around Ryan to give those pass catchers time to get downfield and separate and create big plays in the passing game? I think they can. I think Atlanta could be in store for some some shootout type of games, a bunch of high-flying aerial attacks that light up the scoreboard. But can the defense get things turned around quickly after a couple of down years there, going from Dan Quinn to Dean Pease? I love the pressure looks that Dean Pease uses, and I think they're going to get more production than the sum of their parts because of that DC and just how experienced and how really technical, or frankly, his resume speaks for itself. He's always been ahead of top-level defenses in the National Football League. You have to imagine that's what Arthur Smith has in mind there. And speaking of Arthur Smith, love that hire. Think he's a good fit for that offense. There goes another minute off the clock to the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold is the guy they have really trusted in and built around this offseason. I think him over Justin Fields or, or passing on Justin Fields for J.C. Horn in the draft will be a big thing the Carolina Panthers look back at for years to come, whether it's positive or negative. Matt Rule in year two has a big contract there, but he is one of the most impressive football coaches on the planet. I trust in him and his program. They were competitive early last year. Things kind of came apart late for them at the seams. Uh, just not really about the offensive production down the stretch. I think they might have addressed that this year a little bit better. You get Robbie Anderson back on the contract extension too. He's one of their best players on that offense. Can Christian McCaffrey come back and be healthy because he is like Elvin Kamara, one of the best running backs in the entire National Football League. We saw that defense kind of form an identity last year after spending every draft pick in 2020 on the defensive side of the football. I think Brian Burns is an elite edge rusher and Jeremy Chin could be an elite safety as well on that defense. Going to the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, all the drama finally behind us, at least until next offseason. We'll see what happens there with him. But as long as he's in town, they're a competitor, a contender to go all the way. David Bakhtiari will start on the PUP. That's a big blow to that Packers offensive line. They do have some nice names up front with like Elton Jenkins, but they also lost Corey Lindsley in free agency. So can they protect Rodgers in the early part of the season? They did get Aaron Jones back. I love that pairing there with A.J. Dillon. And of course, Devon Adams for my money is the best route runner in the National Football League so they have weapons for their quarterback galore and Matt LaFleur I mean how can you complain about his resume so far 13 wins in back-to-back seasons a couple of trips to the NFC Championship game I thought they probably were the better team that day in that game against the Bucks, but things did not break their way I think they're going to be right back in the mix, especially since their defense just continues to get better and better over the years. And Jair Alexander is one of my favorite players in the league. He's kind of spearheading that defensive surge. The clock doesn't stop. I'm sorry. It's not going to stop. One minute now for the Minnesota Vikings. Last year was the... And Mike Zammer said this himself, the worst defensive performance he's ever overseen. And he, you know, it's eating at him to make that defensive effort better. They gave up way too many yards and points in the passing game last season. I expect it will get better because, well, Mike Zammer is one of the best defensive coaches on the planet. But on a quarterback position, is this kind of a transition year? It could be, but I could also see them winning double-digit games behind Kirk Cousins. Does he last the whole season? Does he hold off Kellen Mond, who a lot of folks are high on up there in the Twin Cities? But the biggest part of this offense for me is Dalvin Cook behind a rebuilt offensive line. Cook is one of the best runners and yard creators in the entire National Football League. You get that thing cranking, 
whoever plays quarterback will have some success. But getting right on defense is a, such a key element for this team. And getting Daniil Hunter back and healthy after being banged up all last year, that could be the biggest thing for this football team in 2021. Stall on the clock there. Now onto the Chicago Bears. When do they go to Justin Fields? That's the question everybody's going to have around Chicago and around the league this year. I would do it now. They're going to stick with Andy Dalton to start off the season and see how far he can take this Bears team. Can they get some wins early and kind of build some confidence? It's a big, big year for Matt Nagy and for Ryan Pace, the head coach and general manager of the Chicago Bears. Now, I thought this draft was great, getting Justin Fields, coming back with Tevin Jenkins, and they released Charles Leno in thoughts that maybe Tevin Jenkins takes that left tackle job, but now Jenkins is banged up and will miss the entire season. So the offensive line was a bit of a problem for them this preseason. If you watch them trying to protect their quarterbacks, can they find some production from that offensive line? And will the defensive depth hold up? Because this defense is very, very good, but you lose a body like a Khalil Mack or an Eddie Jackson, all of a sudden you start to look for some options there to replace that production. Might be difficult to find, but the Bears, I think are in a good spot to make a jump forward, but they're going to have to go to fields earlier, in my opinion, to make that happen. In Detroit with the Lions, how long does the mindset or the approach that Dan Campbell is installing there in Detroit how long is it effective if they lose some games because this is a bit of a period of transition for the Lions they went out and got Jared Goff Uh, I was never a, a big believer in Jared Goff's game but he certainly proved me wrong there early in his career but things have kind of come back a little bit to the mean for him there can he take another step here in Detroit he's gonna have to do it with a bit of a thinner wide receiver group as they didn't really address it so much this offseason. They also saw Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay depart via free agency. And then they went after Penny Sewell on the offensive line and they loved that draft pick. And he was certainly one of the top tackle prospects, but he has switched over to the right tackle position after playing left tackle in Oregon. Can he make that transition seamlessly? It's been a bit of a tough preseason so far for Penny Sewell. And then also, how do they remake that defense to a new scheme? Because Matt Patricia obviously runs a very unique scheme to a couple of teams in the league, but will they transition out of that and get more production this season? Moving on to the NFC East now, 12 minutes in. Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick and those weapons, they went out and got him this offseason. I'm very curious to see how that matches up because I always thought Fitz was more of a possession type bigger 50-50 type receiver thrower or he excelled more with those guys but they have some absolute burners and speed merchants and separators and Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Diami Brown I love that receiving core especially when you add in Antonio Gibson to that backfield they have weapons at just at the disposal of Ryan Fitzpatrick and I'm sure he'll put some points on the scoreboard and keep that team in plenty of games especially with that defense that is completely loaded up front thanks in large part to a real investment on the defensive line with Jonathan Allen one of the best defensive tackles in the game and of course Chase Young last year and what he did as a defensive rookie of the season Carmen Curl is he legit because last year in his rookie season he certainly was and if he is that secondary can be good enough to really complement that front and also I love Ron Rivera one of the best coaches in the NFL for my money going on to the Dallas Cowboys now the weapons they have are just absurd with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb who might be one of the most electrifying receivers I expect a big year to jump there from C.D. Lamb Is Ezekiel Elliott going to be healthy? Is he going to be back to the old back we saw back in 2016, that rookie season? That's a big question mark for them behind an offensive line that was just so banged up last year. But if they get healthy, if Zeke gets healthy, and they complement that passing game with Dak, if he's healthy, it's a lot of ifs, but if it all comes together, they could be one of the most prolific offenses in the entire National Football League. But I think the biggest cloud of doubt surrounds the health 
of Dak Prescott. Is he going to be ready to go? Can he hold up the whole season with that arm strain coming off the leg injury? No less. Big question mark there for the Hard Knocks team. And then defense last year was a bit of a problem. Dan Quinn is in now in place uh, of the former defensive coordinator there. He gets himself a nice first-round draft pick in Micah Parsons, who looks the part of an absolute beast in the middle of that defense. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Another one of these teams that might be in a bit of a year of transition with Nick Sirianni. They go after Gardner Minshew and trade for him to help aid that quarterback room and Jalen Hurts. What can Jalen Hurts be? Is he going to be one of these uh, running run first type quarterbacks that really takes advantage of his legs? Will he kind of take that next step as a pocket passer? I think he certainly has the work ethic and the talent to do it and become that franchise quarterback. Will it happen? Will it materialize this year? On the other side of the ball, the defense, there's so many talented players on that defense, but it's getting to the point to where it's the same guys you've seen for a few years now. Can they hold up in health because they are getting a little bit longer in the tooth and maybe it's getting closer to the time where they say it's time to step back and rebuild this thing. Like guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham who have been so good for so long in that team. Again, they're just so good talent-wise on paper in the trenches, and that's going to help keep them in some close games, I believe, provided they stay healthy because that's been a problem for this Eagles team for a long, long time as well. Going on to the Giants, our final team here in the NFC and still on one take for you guys here on Drive Time. Gettleman and Joe Judge, a big, big year for those guys, a big year for Daniel Jones as well in year number three. We saw several Giants players retire this training camp. That was kind of strange to see, but I thought Gettleman, for all the arrows he takes, had a very nice draft class this time around, but it's all going to come back to Daniel Jones, and can he take that big step forward after a, a kind of a tough start to his career so far through two years, but the offensive line in front of him is going to be a big, big part of that because they've put some investments into that line. They went out and drafted Andrew Thomas, number four overall last year in a very, very good offensive line class. Can he take a next step in his second season and get that offense kind of complement what that defense can do? Because they did go out and get guys like a Kadarius Toney, who I think is fantastic, a Kenny Galladay, who gives him a nice contested catch guy. But can that offense complement a defense that really looks to have made the next step as they remade that thing with the New York Giants? Going over to the AFC here at minute 16 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the weapons and the coach and the system and the quarterback, it all looks very good for a long, long time for this Chiefs team. But they also remade their offensive line after the Super Bowl was a rough go for them as they were banged up in that game. And they go out and, you know, not that it's easy to do this, but I think it's a little bit easier when you don't have so many problems on your roster and you also have problem erasers, like we mentioned, with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey. But Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Orlando Brown, just so many added starters to the offensive line that I think are going to make that offensive line very, very good and make this Chiefs team a contender not just to go all the way, but to possibly win every damn game they play. Defensively, they get back Juan Thornhill, who is such a vital piece of that defense, especially when you pair him with Tyron Matthew, might be one of the best safety duos in the National Football League. And then Frank Clark, besides Aaron Donald, for my money, is the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL. The Chargers, year two for Justin Herbert and the rookie of the year, had a big, big rookie season throwing the football down the field. But can they learn to close games out late? It's been a big problem for this Chargers team for a long time now. In last season, they were not the same team in the fourth quarter as they were through the first three quarters of the game. They did put a bunch of effort into the offensive line, which was a bit of a sore spot last year. How quickly or will it in general solidify up front for Justin Herbert? Thought Corey Lindsley was a great addition to that offensive line. But again, how quickly does it come together for that team? On the defense, I also want to mention Austin Eckler, one of the best 
dual purpose backs in the National Football League. He'll be a fun addition to that offense as well. On the defensive side, is Derwin James going to finally stay healthy? Please stay healthy, Derwin James. One of my favorite players to watch in the entire football league. What about Joey Bosa? Same story for him. One of the best pass rushers, but can he stay healthy? This team is just so talented, and it seems like they have been for a decade now. They just... So they're cursed injuries, late game, just weird things that happen for this Chargers team. Can they finally get out of that funk? The Denver Broncos, a big, big year here for Vic Fangio. And Teddy, he's going into it with Teddy Bridgewater beating out Drew Locke. And we talked about the Panthers in this regard, passing on Justin Fields for a cornerback who I think is going to be a home run pick in Patrick Sertan II, but not going after Justin Fields, just like the Panthers, I think will be a big question or uh, just a big storyline that follows this team for a couple of years here as they did not get the the production out of Drew Locke last year or the production this summer to make him their starter as kind of the guy that was hoping to be the bridge or the future rather going to the bridge quarterback here with Teddy Bridgewater. Justin Simmons is there. Uh, Vaughn Miller is back and healthy and this defense you know it's going to be a team that has to win games with defense and special teams and that formula with ball control but like I mentioned to go out and get a Patrick Sertan plus a uh, who's the cornerback they got from Kyle Fuller I should say from the Bears that's a great addition to this defense for the Broncos and they have a strong defense and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon can help them with that ball control style offense the Las Vegas Raiders they started very strong the last couple of years in September October under John Gruden including the lone victory or the lone loss I should say of the Chiefs in that 2020 season besides I think the season finale when they rested everybody but then they kind of fizzled out late in both of those years can they fix that can they find a way to win games in December and stay competitive through the playoff chase I think Derek Carr is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL he is so good at getting the ball out quick also accurate down the field a tough guy that that plays pretty much every game and stays out there didn't expect him to play in that game last year against Miami but he did and played great in that game defensively it was a struggle for them can they get pressure this year they made a heavy investment in that defensive secondary will it click right away for them and plus the free agent additions they made last year sometimes it takes a year for free agents to connect and get together will that happen in year two for the Raiders they need it there for John Gruden to get into the playoffs for the first time since signing that 10-year contract a few years back over to the AFC South minute number 20 the Tennessee Titans Julio Jones with AJ Brown to compliment Derrick Henry in that running game, I think really accentuate the things that Ryan Tannehill does well. 12 personnel packages, a max protect, couple of routes downfield, use that big strong arm, but also the athletic ability to get outside when he has to. It was a tough year for that defense last year, but they'll be healthier, and I expect a big season up front from Jeffrey Simmons on the interior, and you go out and you add a guy like Bud Dupree to bookend with Harold Landry. The Titans pass rush has been one of those position groups across the league for the last couple of years where it's like man we could use some more there and it seems like this year they've gotten a lot more in that area to really get after the quarterback but can they find a way to keep those guys fresh and keep rotation that keeps them healthy and ready to go on third downs late in games offensively though I think this team could be one of the best in the NFL with those weapons and that is always a good recipe for success in today's NFL to be offensive heavy like the Titans might be in 2021. The Indianapolis Colts, the injuries, it's the, they're, they're piling up for this team, and it's a big question mark with this club right now. Can Carson Wentz get back and healthy? Can he play the first few games of the season after that foot injury? But will he also get back mechanically sound to what he was in Philadelphia, that MVP-type season in 2017, before things kind of went backwards on him a little bit? Then he rebounded, I thought, in 2019 with a great push to the end of that season. But last year just 
Didn't look comfortable. The base got too wide sometimes. Balls would sail on him. Just wasn't a very good year. But if anybody can correct it, I think Frank Reich is that uh, quarterback whisperer to do so. They have a dominant offensive line, perhaps one of the best in the NFL, led by Quentin Nelson and very good backs in Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Himes, and Marlon Mack. And Matt Eberflus on defense with Darius Leonard kind of being the straw that stirs the drink. He's a very underrated coordinator, a very good defense. But what does the back end of that defense look like in that secondary? That could be one of the question marks for this Colts team heading into the season. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I look at the learning curve here for a, a first-time NFL coach in Urban Meyer, one of the best football coaches of the last couple decades, college pro or otherwise. Can he get the NFL game down immediately? I don't doubt that he can. We'll see if he can. I think getting Trevor Lawrence, the first pick in the draft, is certainly going to be a big part of taking that early step and and making this team competitive in year one under Urban Meyer after a 15-game losing streak last season. But I expect him to get better as the season goes along, kind of like you saw with Brian Flores' first year here in Miami as he gets the culture kind of instilled and they kind of begin to build upon what they think they are as a football team and get better that way. I love the weapons they have on offense with LaVisca Chenault and DJ Shark. Losing Travis Etienne sucks, man. He's such a good kid and a good player. Wanted to see him there in year one with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Defensively, I want to see what Josh Allen can do now in year number three, one of the best pass rushers to come out in recent years. And then C.J. Henderson, their cornerback first-round pick last year, what does he look like in year number two? The Houston Texans at quarterback. Looks like it's going to be Tyrod Taylor and at some point maybe Davis Mills, their first draft pick, who I believe was taken in the the third round of this last April's draft. David Coley gets his first head coaching job. It's good for him. He's got a tough task ahead of him here with Nick Casario and Nick Easterby kind of repositioning this franchise and rebuilding this club. They signed something like 20, like 25 free agents this offseason, and most of those were one-year deals. We saw a report the other day that the Texans were making most of their veterans available in trade offers. I can't remember where I saw that report, but if it's the case, they might be looking to kind of recoup some of that draft capital that had gone by the boards the last couple of years. But if they can do that and continue to build this thing up around draft picks opposed to the free agents they had to sign this year to really get themselves a football team on the field, that could be a positive sign going forward. But a, a very weird offseason for the Houston Texans. They had minimal draft capital to work with, trying to restock the cupboards that way and build for the future there in Houston. The Baltimore Ravens, now as we go to the AFC North here, two more divisions left. Losing J.K. Dobbins, to me, changes the outlook drastically from my prediction standpoint. And this is in order of my my division winners. But then the team is just one of the best ran teams in the NFL, so I think they'll find a way to do it again. I just loved how Dobbins complimented Lamar and his skill set. But they did get some new weapons in the passing game with Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman. Both those guys are dinged up right now, though, as we start the season. They have a loaded defense, especially in that defensive secondary. One of the secondaries, for my money, that can that can compete with Miami for the top heavy and depth of that secondary. But they can go out and get leads with that explosive offense and Lamar Jackson in the running game, then take the air out of the football with that running game because they can just out-execute you in the running game and then play good tight coverage and really prevent the, def- the offense from coming back through the air because they are ball hawks. They play tight coverage, and they also complement all that with one of the best special teams units in the league led by both John Harbaugh and by Justin Tucker. I just love the way this team is constructed. The Cleveland Browns have arguably one of the best rosters in the National Football League. Can Baker Mayfield continue the surge we saw in the second half of last season and be the quarterback that we all thought he might have been after being the first pick in the draft? I thought he looked the part last year. I would expect him to continue that climb towards a top 10 quarterback status. Kevin Stefanski in year two, you know, sometimes it's tough to repeat a strong rookie season as a head coach. We've seen it so many 
many times where a coach comes in, wins a bunch of games, year two is tough to replicate, and then things kind of get sideways. I don't think that's going to be the case for Kevin Stefanski. I think that he is more than equipped to build a solid football team. I think he's done that here in Cleveland, especially on the defensive side of the football. Miles Garrett is a defensive player of the year candidate, and the moves they made with both John Johnson and Troy Hill from the Rams, that was a fantastic remake of a position group that needed some help, kind of like the Chiefs on the offensive line. Cleveland did well in the secondary, and they have the best offensive line in the NFL for my money blocking for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, one of the best two-headed monsters in the NFL as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben Roethlisberger's last hurrah. Can he still get the job done? I mean, it looks like it. The guys, he had some fantastic play in the preseason, throwing touchdown passes to Pat Fryermuth, throwing him open. Saw a couple of those in that Lions game a couple weeks ago. (coughs) Excuse me. We're not stopping the clock. Will they be the first... The team we saw in the first 11 games last year that was 11-0, or will they be the team that finished out the season 1-5 with one victory and the five losses, including the playoff loss to Cleveland? I think Najee Harris could certainly resurrect that run game, but without the reinforcements up front on the offensive line, can he make that happen? He could be a bell cow from day one there in Pittsburgh. Last year, they kind of saw the defensive opposition creep in on them and kind of shut down the short passing game and squat on some routes because they just couldn't get vertical that can't be the case again they have to find a way to get vertical with Juju Smith and Nate uh, uh, Washington and, and Deontay Thompson man I'm killing the names here the receiver the receiving core of the Pittsburgh Steelers has some guys that can get vertical and they could have the top defense and it starts with TJ Watt and that front with Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt but who's going to be cornerback too that's a big question mark for me went a little bit into the Bengals time here but Joe Burrow is the big story there will he trust that knee and feel comfortable in the pocket they didn't really address the offensive line this year but they do get Jonah Williams back a big time left tackle prospect out of Alabama that could be a big boon for them can Jamar Chase get his confidence back after getting five targets in the preseason and dropping four of those passes. That'll be a big storyline as he and Joe Burrow reunite. Big year for Zach Taylor after a couple of rough years to start his career there in Cincinnati. But they did end the season last year with Brandon Allen being very competitive, winning a bunch of games against some tough teams down the stretch as well, beating Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football with Ryan Finley, and that was an impressive showing. And will this offensive line come together and give Joe Burrow time to throw the ball downfield to Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins, to Tyler Boyd, a very good receiving core, and then Joe Mixon, one of the better running backs in the NFL, dual threat guy there in Cincinnati. Moving on to the AFC East, we have three more minutes left because we're not going to do the Miami Dolphins, but the Buffalo Bills, I think, probably have the second best roster in the NFL, or maybe the third best behind the Chiefs and Bucks. Josh Allen, we know what he can do. He is tough as all get out. He can fit every window. He can escape pressure. He can shake off tacklers. Tough, tough guy to stop. They have the skill positions down pat with Stephon Diggs, who was the best receiver in the NFL, all of the NFL last year for my money. They go out and they get Emmanuel Sanders as well. And they also have Gabe Davis there in tow with a couple of good running backs and Zach Moss. But I thought that Devin Singletary this preseason looked the part. I think he could be a really good running back for some years for them. On defense, the the hits keep coming. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are really good linebackers, and they play behind a remade defensive line that added more pass rushers in this year's draft with Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham. I loved those picks for that defense. And they rebuilt the secondary a couple years back, and they're all still there with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Tredavious White, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. But who is cornerback two, three, four after that? Depth is the one area you might be able to go after on that team. The New England Patriots, the big news of the week was Mac Jones will start the season for the Patriots after they release Cam Newton. They get all those opt-outs back. Nobody had more opt-outs last year than the New England Patriots, including Dante Hightower, one of their best players. They have a huge free agency period, huge free agency class. Does it pay dividends? It used to be 
that it took a year for the free agent class to really kind of come together and solidify. But teams have had more success recently getting new pieces in. And I think what Belichick would do there is sign guys that fit the system and fit what he wants to do. And you have to imagine they will pay off quickly, quicker, more quickly rather than later for the Patriots team. We're not stopping the clock, baby. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar are the receiver additions with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Can that 12 personnel package stay healthy? Because to me, that's the scariest part of this team if they have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith on the field at the same time. They did lose Devin Asiasi, and also Hunter Henry has been banged up this camp. Defensively, Matt Judon, what a great addition he was. He's going to be tough to deal with going along with Dante Hightower. They did put Stephon Gilmore on PUP, so he'll miss the first six weeks at least. But J.C. Jackson, Kyle Duggar, and Devin McCourty, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. And we finish up here with the New York Jets. I think they're on the way up, but they might be a year away. We'll see what happens this year. They're going with their young quarterback right out the gate and Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft, who had a fantastic preseason this August. But Mike White is the number two quarterback. So Zach Wilson's got to stay healthy and play all 17 games because the experience in that position at backup quarterback just is not there right now. On defense, will Robert Salah's defense take hold right away? I think losing Carl Lawson was an absolute killer because he was one of the Real up-and-coming pass rushers in this league with his pressure rate. I think was probably going to convert that to more sacks this year as a Jet. That hurts that team, but they do still have Sheldon Rankins and Quinn and Williams on the inside. Both those guys can flat-out ball. And then the secondary, who's going to rise up and kind of be that next guy for them? And I'm also curious to finally see C.J. Mosley, who's played one game in two years with the New York Jets. Whew! There it is. 31 minutes in the can. The entire NFL previewed. You've already heard the Miami Dolphins a hundred times in this podcast, so I thought we'd go ahead and pass on that story once again. That's your NFL preview for the 2021 season. And what kind of preview would it be if we didn't give you predictions for everybody's record and go through the playoffs? We start here in the NFC in the West. I have the Rams 12 and 5, Seahawks 12 and 5, Niners 11 and 6, and Cardinals 10 and 7. Four double digit win teams in the NFC West, and all four in the postseason. How do you like that? Moving to the South, the NFC South, the number one seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers go 14 and 3. New Orleans 9 and 8. The Falcons 7 and 11. Panthers 5 and 12, bringing up the rear. In the NFC North, our two seed Green Bay Packers 12 and 5. The Vikings 8 and 9. The Bears 6 and 11. Detroit 3 and 14. Over in the NFC East, the Washington football team gets the four seed as division champions at nine and eight. The Cowboys go eight and nine, the Eagles five and twelve, and the Giants four and thirteen. Over to the AFC East and the West, the Chiefs fifteen and two, the one seed, the Chargers nine and eight, the seven seed, the Broncos seven and ten, and the Raiders six and eleven. In the South, one playoff team here. The Titans win the division at 10 and 7. The Colts, 7 and 10. The Jaguars, 6 and 11. And Houston, 1 and 16. In the North, Cleveland, 13 and 4, takes home the AFC North at the three seed. Baltimore gets the six seed at 11 and 6. The Steelers, 9 and 8. And the Bengals, 3 and 14. Finally, in the AFC East, Buffalo takes it again, 14 and 3. They'll be the two seed. Miami, 12 and 5, the five seed. Patriots 9 and 8, the Jets 5 and 12. This is all my predictions only, just for fun, for the sake of the podcast. In the playoffs in the NFC, the Cardinals lose to the Packers in the opening round. The Washington football team takes out the Seahawks in a home game, and the Rams take down the 49ers in the wild card round. Then the divisional round, the Rams take down the Packers in Lambeau Field, and the Bucks take out the Washington football team to give us a Rams Bucks NFC Championship game and give me the Fighting McVeighs to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. 
On the AFC side, the Dolphins take down the Titans for the playoff victory for the first time in two decades. The Ravens take out the Browns in an upset on the road, and the Bills take out the Chargers to get to the second round. Then the Chiefs take out the Dolphins to get back to the AFC Championship game once again, and the Bills beat the Ravens. We have a repeat of the AFC Championship game and a repeat result with the Chiefs, and they go on to the Super Bowl to take out the Rams, and Patrick Mahomes gets ring number two. That's the prediction. That's the end of the podcast. Caroline, daddy is coming home. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and O. OJ, and of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.